shepherds or mutton farmers. <laughs> now, uh, a lot of folks may not be familiar with mutton. Well, that's just lamb, that's sheep. Okay, so uh, shepherds, of course, those who oversee flocks and so forth. And then I hope you'll understand by the time I go through the first part of this lesson and the illustration that I want to give you, uh, why sometimes uh, we might refer to the uh, people who are shepherds overseeing a flock or are they just mutton farmers uh, and kind of help us to under, understand that. John, the 21st chapter first, though. And about verse 15 through 19 is where we read. And in that particular context there, this is after Jesus has been betrayed this is after Peter denied him three times. This was after the disciples scattered. He was arrested. He was tried. He was crucified. He was resurrected three days later. And immediately after that, he had told some. He said, tell the disciples... I go before them. I'll see them in Galilee. Sometime in that 40-day span, this occasion takes place, John, the 21st chapter. There are some that are out fishing. Jesus appears on the shore, and he invites them to come have breakfast with him. And then there's this conversation that takes place between Jesus and and Peter. Peter had denied him three times, and Jesus will ask him three times, Do you love me? And in the context of that conversation, Jesus will wait for Jesus or for Peter's response. Peter will give his response that he does love him, and then Jesus will tell him, depending on how which translation you read from. He will say, Tend my lambs. And then he will say, shepherd my sheep. And then he will tell him, tend my sheep. Jesus is calling Peter back. <laughs> and he is also suggesting the work that he is going to move towards. And Jesus is going to invite him Come follow me. But I want you to notice verse 18. Let me get in the right place here. Verse 18 and verse 19. Jesus says to Peter, Truly, truly, I say to you, when you were younger, you used to gird yourself and walk wherever you wished. But when you grow old, you will stretch out your hands and someone else will gird you. And bring you where you do not wish. Now this he said. Signifying. By what kind of death. He would glorify God. And when he had spoken this. He said to him. Follow me. Jesus is suggesting something else. <laughs> that Peter's being called to. You going to follow me Peter? You going to serve me in the way in which I desire then you're going to go places that 
maybe at times you don't really want to go. And Peter, what I'm calling you to is to act on that love that you've confessed towards me. And there may be times when you have to sacrifice. And in so doing, I want you to tend my lambs. I want you to shepherd my sheep. And I want you to tend my sheep. Peter was first a disciple. And then he was an apostle. And he's going to become an elder. And that's what he will make reference to. Peter will make reference to it. Over in 1 Peter, the 5th chapter, in about verses 1 through 4. Some 20 years later, Peter will write about the fact that he's an elder. And he will exhort fellow elders to shepherd the flock of God that is among them. But Jesus wants him to understand early on. Peter, what I'm calling you to, it's going to require dedication. It's going to require that love that you just confessed. It's going to require sacrifice. It's going to require effort in order for you to do what I'm calling you to do, Peter. Three words that are used to reference the men, the position that Peter is talking about in 1 Peter chapter 5 and that Jesus is making reference to. They're oftentimes referred to as elders. It's a term that we use a lot. But they're also referred to as overseers. And they're referred to as shepherds. Different words used to describe those men in that position. Older men that will meet the qualifications that are laid out within the scriptures and that they will tend and they will lead and they will feed and they will sacrifice and they will serve the flock requires love and dedication conviction and qualifications in order to fill that position it's a serious role that men are called to but I fear that sometimes it's not taken nearly as seriously as it ought to be I want to share with you an illustration. This is what one writer said as he observed elders, overseers in a particular flock that he was familiar with. And he said he kind of questioned how seriously they took the job that they had, the work that they said that they wanted to do. He described it this way. He says, as I watched, I had to ask myself, are they shepherds or are they mutton farmers? He explained it like this. He said, when the sacred writers used the imagery of a shepherd, they were describing an occupation that had descended from ancient times. An occupation that required a certain man with certain skills and certain dedication and love and sacrifice. He said when the sacred writers used that imagery, they understood the man and they understood the job description. Originally, 
A shepherd was someone who watched over sheep. Now watch this, what he says. He says, originally, shepherds were someone who watched over sheep before there were fences. That makes a difference. They stayed with the sheep. They would guide the sheep. They would lead them to pasture and to water. They would protect them. They would walk with them. They knew them, all of them. But over the years, the occupation changed. You see, they started building fences. Once they built fences, they just hired individuals to feed the sheep, to water the sheep. Mostly, they were shepherds now for their own benefit, not for the benefit of the sheep. He said over time, shepherds became mutton farmers. John the 10th chapter. Jesus talks about the good shepherd. In John chapter 10, beginning at verse 11, he says, The thief comes only to steal and to kill and to destroy. I came that they might have life and might have it abundantly. I am the good shepherd. The good shepherd lays down his life for the sheep. He who is a hireling and not a shepherd, who is not the owner of the sheep, beholds the wolf coming and leaves the sheep and flees, and the wolf snatches them and scatters them. He flees because he is a hireling and he's not concerned about the sheep. I am the good shepherd. And I know my own, and my own know me. Jesus said, I lay down my life for the sheep. What Jesus was calling Peter to was that love and that dedication, that sacrifice. And in 1 Peter chapter 5, some years later, when, Paul, when Peter writes about this, He'll refer to himself as an elder and he will exhort those fellow elders to shepherd the flock of God and that he reminds them, then he reminds them when the chief shepherd returns, then they'll receive their reward. So three words are used to refer to these men in this position. There's episcopos. That's the overseer. That's the bishop. That's what Paul uses in Philippians 1 and verse 1. There's the presbyteros. There's the elder. There's the poimen. Ephesians 4. Sometimes translated shepherd. Sometimes translated pastor. In our English translations. References made to those, and we'll look at this a little bit more in just a moment, from Acts the 20th chapter. When Paul, you recall, calls the elders 
from Ephesus and tells them to shepherd the flock of God which he hath purchased with his own blood, taking the oversight. That's the language that is used there. So as we take a look at this today, I want to first notice what Jesus tells Peter in John chapter 21. And then I want us to notice these three points about desiring the work, to be shepherd leaders, and then to feed, lead, protect, and be an example to the flock. So first of all, we'll talk about the desire for the work. I want to read to you, that's from 1 Timothy 3, but I'm going to read to you first from Ephesians the fourth chapter because I kind of want to set this up as we take a look at 1 Timothy 3 in a minute. In the book of Ephesians, the fourth chapter, beginning at about verse 11, this is what Paul writes, and he said, this is what Christ has done for His church. He said, and He gave some to be apostles and prophets and some as evangelists, and some as pastors and teachers, and there's numerous scholars that says those last terms there are actually collective. They're together. Those pastors are teachers. Those shepherds are teachers. And so it's significant as you take a look at these words in Ephesians 4, It gives us some understanding of that position that God is calling them to. And here it identifies them as those poi men, those shepherds. In Matthew 9 and verse 36, on that particular occasion when Jesus looked out at the multitude, it says that he saw the multitudes and he was moved with compassion on them. Because they fainted and they were scattered abroad as sheep having no shepherd. Why did Jesus have compassion on them? Because these people, they're like sheep. And they need a shepherd. Someone to lead them and guide them and to watch over them. So in Ephesians 4... Paul says he gave some to be apostles and prophets and pastors, shepherds. He gave those to his people for a reason. One commentator explained it this way. He said these are functionaries for a function. (laughs) These are men for a work. Now then, in 1 Timothy 3. Another word is going to be used there. Paul writes, It is a trustworthy statement. If any man aspires, some translations say desires, the office of overseer, it is a fine work he desires to do. Some translations say it is an honorable work. Some translations say it is a noble task. 
So as Paul gives these qualifications, he mentions overseers, episcopals. And he says, if a man desires this position, he desires a good work. Now I want to make this point. It's understood as you look at this language. The emphasis is not on the position. (laughs) The emphasis is on the work. If a man desires, some translations say office, some translations say position, it goes on to say he uh, he desires an honorable work. That's the way it's to be understood. See, by the time Paul pens these words, this is the 60s. The church has been around for over 30 years. Paul and Barnabas, on the first missionary journey, appointed elders. So now it's understood by this time, there are men who are seeing there is a need for this position. And so if a man, if a man desires this, in other words, he recognizes there's a need for this. And these people, these this flock, they need men in this position. And so Paul says, if a man desires this position, he desires an honorable work. They recognize what it is. It's not a position, <laughs> just for the sake of a position. No, I want that position because I want that work. Leading, feeding, protecting, being an example. It's a noble work. Now let me ask you, I'll stop for a minute. Is it noble? Is it honorable to look out at God's people and say, hey, I I think I can help. I can help these people be what God intends for them to be. I see young people and I see young men I see what they can be. I think I can help them. I see young women. I see what they can be. I think I can help them. I see young families and married couples, husbands, wives, Young fathers, young mothers. I think I can help them. I can help them. Be good neighbors. Good citizens. The salt and the light of the earth. I think I can help them. I think I can help them when they face challenges I myself have been through. 
That's why they're sometimes described as elders. They're older. They're experienced. Not just in age. Spiritually. And they're overseers. I can help guide them and lead them. And so Paul says, if a man desires this office. Now let me add this. Hebrews 11, chapter and verse 16. Section of scripture that we oftentimes refer to and talk about those Old Testament worthies. Remember that? And it's talking about those who were striving to follow after God. And it says they desired a better country. Same word, desire. And the Hebrew writer goes on to say, Therefore God is not ashamed to be called their God, because these are the kind of people. And so when Paul writes about the qualifications, he says, if a man desires this, and that word desire means to stretch forth, to put forth effort, to grasp, to aim for something. It means that men should recognize the work Recognize the skill that it takes. Recognize the sacrifice that it takes. Recognize the love. And say, hey, I think I can help. I'd like to give you a hand. In Psalms, the 23rd chapter, David talks about the Lord as his shepherd. He says, the Lord is my shepherd, I shall not want. That means, I don't lack anything. (laughs) Psalms 23 and verse 2, He makes me to lie down in green pastures. He leads me beside still waters. He knows my needs and He provides for those and leads me to them. He restores my soul and He leads me in paths of righteousness for His name's sake. He restores my soul. He encourages me. He lifts me up. And He leads me in the right way. Yea, though I walk through the valley of shadow of death, I fear no evil. In the midst of turmoil and troubles, my shepherd's there. He prepares a table before me in the presence of my enemies. Even then, his blessings are obvious. Surely goodness and mercy shall follow me all the days of my life. And I will dwell in the house of the Lord forevermore. He leads me, feeds me, protects me. I know who to follow. Let me add this also. So we understand it in the bigger context. Throughout history, as we read from the pages of the Old Testament, God has called men to certain positions to serve His people. 
There have been prophets. There have been priests. There have been kings that God gave for leading, feeding, guiding, providing, protecting His people. So it's consistent with what we see in the New Testament. When Paul says, and he gave some to be pastors. He gave some to be shepherds. And Paul says, it's an honorable work. But it's work. And it requires qualifications. And the sacred writers knew what they were talking about when they used the illustration of shepherds. Shepherd leaders. I want you to take a look again back in Ephesians this time, verse 11 and 12 together. Verse 11. And he gave some as apostles and some as prophets and some as evangelists and some as pastors and teachers. For the equipping of the saints for the work of service to the building up of the body of Christ. He gave them, verse 12, for a reason. At 1 Timothy 3, Paul says, if a man desires that position, he desires an honorable work. Let me give you a biblical definition, concept of shepherds. And it goes like this. Placing yourself in service to others so that they might become what God wants them to be. See, when we look at it in that light, can't we understand the concept of shepherd leaders? Here's someone that I see in their life is being led and has been led by Jesus Christ. And now they in turn want to turn and place their self in service to others to help them to become what Jesus Christ wants them to be. So why did he give them? Verse 12 says, for the equipping, for the perfecting of the saints, for the work of service. That's what he intends for them to do. The word translated there, equip or perfect, carries with it the idea of correct in areas of deficiency. To instruct, to adjust. Now watch it. That's in conduct and character. That takes a lot. You know why that takes so much? Because you have to know the sheep. (laughs) And you've got to know the individual. What does this lamb need? What does this lamb need to be fed? How does this lamb need to be guided? 
You know what you can do? You can just build a fence. Put them all inside that fence. And then tell them what will happen to them if they get outside the fence. <laughs> Don't tell them why it's beneficial for them to be inside the fence. Or how about this? Take the fence away. Let me tell you what's beneficial to follow your shepherd. And how this will benefit you. And how you can learn to apply this to your life. And how you can grow and become what he wants you to become. See, that takes more work. That takes more love and devotion. That takes more skill. That's why those qualifications are there. Help them to become godly mothers and godly fathers. Help them to become godly husbands and godly wives. Help them in character know in character to know what is morally right and what is morally wrong. Help them to know the value of integrity of character. Help them to come to know God and Jesus Christ and the Holy Spirit and His Word and His plan overall and for them. You know, when we first become Christians, or before even we become Christians, I should say, that's the place to start. <laughs> we may need a lot of adjustment. We may need a lot of correction so that we can walk straight with the Lord. Let me give you another illustration. Back in the day, right? When I was a kid, and we lived on the farm, we had an international pickup truck. You ever heard of an international pickup truck? You've heard of Fords, you've heard of Chevys, and Nissan, Toyotas, and all that. We had an international. <laughs> I don't know if that was good or bad, but that's what we had. <laughs> Before I was old enough to ever have a license, there were some guys... <laughs> that taught me how to drive. We didn't always drive on the road. <laughs> we drive in the pasture. We drive over rocks. We drive over logs. We drive in the ditch. Sometimes we drive on the road. After a while, sometimes, the truck, for whatever reason, you try to go down the road, and it's pulling to the right. Sometimes it's pulling to the left. Sometimes you get going a little faster and the front wheels are doing this. It was out of alignment, we might say. It needed some adjustment so it could run straight down the road. That's what Paul's talking about. God's people need shepherds to equip the saints to adjust them to help them run straight with the Lord.
You serve others so they can serve. That's the concept of shepherd leaders. He needs shepherds. He doesn't need mutton farmers. Feeding, leading, protecting. Now Acts, the 20th chapter. Acts chapter 20, I'm going to read it verse 17, and I'm just going to skip down and read verse uh, 28. Because this is where the terminology is used. Acts chapter 20, verse 17. And from Miletus, he, that's Paul, sent to Ephesus and called him the elders of the church. Verse 28. Be on guard for yourselves and for all the flock among which the Holy Spirit has made you overseers to shepherd the church of God which he hath purchased with his own blood. Paul says, be on guard first for yourself. If you're going to lead, the people have got to see that you're being led. And then be on guard for the flock. Because wolves will come in. Some from within, some from without. You're charged to protect them. And then shepherd the church of God, His people which He purchased with His own blood. How precious is this possession that you're giving oversight, being given oversight of. How vital is the work? How serious is it? And that's where in verse 32 he says, I commend you to God and to the word of his grace, which is able to build you up and to give you an inheritance among all those who are sanctified. Shepherd the church of God. That's why that word tend is used back in John 21. That's why it's sometimes rendered feed. But tend carries with it more than just giving food. That's why some translations in that same context from John 21 says, shepherd my sheep. Because it's more than just giving them food. It includes that. But it includes caring for them, watching over them, knowing their needs. Place yourself in service to others so that they can become what God wants them to be. I think it's interesting when you put Ephesians 4 together with Acts 20. In Ephesians 4, it's poimen. That's the noun. And he gave some to be shepherds. He gave some to be pastors. This is who you are. But in Acts 28, when he says shepherd, the flock of God, it's the verb. Ephesians 4, it's the poimen. In Acts 28, it's poimaino. This is the action. 
You are a shepherd. Therefore, I'm charging you to shepherd these people. The literal description of ancient shepherds was to watch over the sheep, to watch for enemies, to watch for attackers, to defend the flock, to heal the wounded, revive the sick, to find and save the lost and bring them back, and free those that are trapped. Do you know anybody that's trapped? And they need to be freed? You know anybody that's been lost? And they need somebody to go seek them and bring them back? In 1 Peter 5, Peter says, I'm a fellow elder. And I exhort you to shepherd the flock of God which is among you, taking the oversight thereof. And in 1 Timothy 3 and verse 2, Paul says that an overseer must be apt to teach. You know what that word means? It means able. It means skillful. Titus 1, where we oftentimes look for the qualifications also that goes along with 1 Timothy 3. That's where Paul will say that those overseers, those elders, they are are to be able to exhort with sound doctrine and to refute the gainsayer. Lift them up, encourage them, build them up with God's Word. And then defend them with God's Word. I want to say something here as we go along. You may have noticed we're living in an age of political correctness. There is a real and present danger that needs to be addressed. And it needs those who are willing and able to teach God's Word. It may not be popular to teach on some of these issues. And I want to make this point. It may not be popular. It needs to be taught. But that doesn't give us the right to be rude. There's a way to teach God's Word. You know, we've got several people in this congregation, women primarily, that are involved in the medical field and someone comes in to see them 
What do they do? You're sick. <laughs> well, that's a little rude. That's the reason why I'm here, isn't it? No, it takes skill. It takes compassion. Let me see if I can figure out what's wrong. Let me see if I can figure out what you need. Let me see if I can help you to be all that God would have you to be. So it doesn't give us a right to be rude, but it also doesn't give us a right just because it's sensitive to ignore it. Problems have to be addressed. So I want to read to you from 1 Corinthians, the sixth chapter. As we all know, we've talked about before, Corinth, the city, was a mess. Sound familiar? <laughs> and there were issues that needed to be addressed. And there were some people who came out of that society who became God's people. 1 Corinthians 6 and verses 9 and 10. Do you not know that the unrighteous shall not inherit the kingdom of God? Do not be deceived. Neither fornicators, nor idolaters, nor adulterers, nor effeminate, nor homosexuals, nor thieves, nor covetous, nor drunkards, nor revilers, nor swindlers shall inherit the kingdom of God. Those are people. Those are people that were a part of that society. People with souls. People that needed help. Verse 11. Paul says, And such were some of you. Watch. But you were washed. You were sanctified. You were justified in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ and in the Spirit of our God. Are you thankful that somebody saw the need? Somebody had enough love. Somebody had enough compassion. A certain apostle. Enough skill. I'm going to go where that need is. I'm going to address that. I'm going to try to help these people. I'm going to place myself in service so that I can help others become what God wants them to be. I'm going to help heal them. I'm going to help repair their brokenness. Paul says, you were washed, you were sanctified, you were justified in the name of our Lord Jesus Christ. The Lord's work needs shepherds. In Hebrews, the 13th chapter, 
Paul says something about those who led them, who had oversight over them. And he says, give consideration to their example and imitate their faith. Peter will say, don't be lords over the flock, but be proved to be an example to them. So Paul says, feed them, lead them, tend to them, protect them, be an example to them. As he writes to Titus, he will say that an overseer is to be God's steward. And he holds fast to the word which he has been taught. Some have suggested, suggested that the work given to shepherds could be broken up into two categories, if you just want to simplify it. First of all, take heed to yourself. And then secondly, take heed to the flock. And both categories requires a lot of prayer and a lot of work. In Ephesians 4, verses 10 through 15, he says he gave some to be apostles and prophets and pastors, shepherds, and teachers for the equipping of the saints for the work of the ministry. Three terms. English words, overseers, elders, shepherds. Biblical leadership, watch yourself. Place yourself in service to others. Watch over the flock and help them to become all that God wants them to be. I want to close by reading this passage from Hebrews, the 13th chapter. Three times in Hebrews 13, reference will be made to those who have led them, fed them, watched over them. Hebrews 13, verse 17. Obey your leaders and submit to them, for they keep watch over your souls as those who will give an account let them do this with joy and not with grief. For this would be unprofitable for you. Obey your leaders. Submit to them. They watch over your souls. As those who will give an account. It's a serious business. To be one of God's shepherds. And to watch over a flock. So that's what I wanted to say this morning about shepherds. I hope it's been beneficial. I want to extend the invitation of this morning also. Jesus is the good shepherd. He's the one that laid down his life for your soul. Do you believe it? Do you believe who he is? Do you believe the sacrifice that he made for you? Do you believe that your sins can be washed away? He invites to believe, 
to repent, to turn from your old life to Him, to confess Him as Lord, to be buried with Him in baptism for the forgiveness of your sins that they can be washed away and you can come forth in newness of life, clean slate, to follow Him. And He'll lead you to that eternal home in heaven. If you're a child of God and not been living faithfully as you should, you know you need to come back. You need to make that right with Him. Confess your sins and He's faithful and just to forgive you of your sins. If we can help you in any way, we want to do that this morning while together we stand and while we sing.